All right, everyone. Welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast. My name is James, and I'm your host. Today is episode 30, and I have a special treat today. I know it's been a, been a few weeks since I've had a, an interview on, since I've talked with a restaurant or a business, so super excited to have Kay Johnson on the show, and Kay is the owner of Engebret Cafe in Oslo, Norway, and it's Oslo's oldest restaurant not Norway's oldest but it is definitely Oslo's oldest restaurant and full of culture history they've been in business since 1857 and Kay has been the owner since 2006 and he's been doing a great job at taking it back to uh, its original glory as a restaurant and reviving it of sorts so super grateful for Kay before we dive into his interview, I want to go ahead and thank you all for listening. It means a lot to have people around the world listening, to have those numbers continue to grow. And as always, if you like what you hear, make sure you leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast and tell a friend. That's really going to help continue to grow the show and super grateful for those of you that do that. So here's Kay. So I'm Kai Jonsson. I'm the owner of Engelet Cafe in Oslo and the uh, owner of the Os- Oslo's oldest restaurant. That's great. And, now, is this the oldest restaurant in Norway or just Oslo? In Oslo. It's one older in, in, in Norway. Okay. But, but uh, we, are, we are the oldest still running restaurant in Oslo. Great. Now, when, when did Engelet Cafe get its start? Uh, it started in 1857, and it started like a, it was called Engelbrecht Restauration, or restaurant at that time. And it was Mr. Björnson, he was a very famous Norwegian poet, he wrote a national song, and, and he was an artist, and he lived in, in Paris for a while. And now he has been to Café de Flore, and Café de Mago, and everything, and he came back to Oslo and said, oh, you have to change your name. Yeah, yeah, you, shouldn't have had a name as a restaurant. It should be Café with a C. So that's the, when they the, the, the renamed the, 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 the Engelbrecht to, to, to Café with a C. Okay. So, it's, so that's one more. more, more. Björnson is one of our most famous people in Norway. Of course, he's dead now, but uh, he was at that time. Right, right. So mm-hmm. I'm not super familiar with Norwegian mm. cuisine. And can you mm. tell me a little bit about what makes up authentic Norwegian cuisine? You know, in, in, in Norway, we, we always have a lot of fish. And now actually we are in the, the, the cod season because they are fishing the cod now up in Lofoten, up in the north of Norway. And we get fresh cod down to, to Oslo every day. So the, the cod we now serve is like uh, 24 26, 27 hours old when we serve it at the restaurant today. Mm. And we, we serve it the tra- traditional way with, with the, the liver, with the raw, with the, everything on the sides. And then you have the whole, we use the whole cod. We start with the tongue, we grill the tongue, and then we serve the fresh cod and, and, um, and with, the, with all the ingredients. So that's a, in, in this time of year, it's, it's the most famous thing in, in, uh, in Norway to eat. It's fresh cod. It's a, it's a, the codfish is called skrei, 
Skrei is, is the old Norwegian word for uh, one fish that doesn't stand still. It's always on the move. Mm. And so this fish lives up in the Barents Sea, and in, in, uh, in the end of December, it's starting his journey down to Lofoten Island, and it stays in Lofoten to Mars, and then it goes back to, to the Barents Sea. Okay, so a little window there to to enjoy some cod. Yeah, so it is like we have the window for for end of January to do to do to the end of March, and then mm-hmm. then then it's gone gone again. So then we have to wait another year. And also mm-hmm. in Norway, you know, we we are very famous for our, our Christmas dinners, dishes at the Ingeret. We have every year like three thirty three thousand guests in November December. Oh wow! And people book. Yeah, people book like a year and two years before. So this year we we have now nineteen thousand has booked for this year. Oh my goodness! And, uh, and then yeah, so then we we serve something called lutefisk. It's uh, we served last year eighteen tons of lutefisk. It's it's a very special fish. It's uh, <laughs> mostly I think it will be the Norwegian that enjoys it, but it's it's um it's a dry cod. Uh, the dry when they do the fishing now in in Lofoten, they hang it, the fish out, outside for like three or four months, mm-hmm. and then we we get it down to Oslo, and then we soak it in water for three days, and we put some um, uh, caustic soda, uh, acid light in, in the water for uh, stays with that for one day, and then we have to water it out for three more days. So it's a process of almost about a week to make uh, make the dishes. And people wow. are crazy to eat it. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a lot of, so of course, in Norway and, and actually in, in, in the United States, they sell a lot of lutefisk. So that's, really? Uh, uh, so, so we have, of course, we have the lamb ribs as well in, in, in the, the, the Christmas time. And this restaurant, we, we try to follow the, the year. So, so we have in this time of year, we have the, 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 the cod. And then in May, the, the whale. Fresh whale, mm-hmm. with a whale steak. With the, with the, uh, we only serve it when it's fresh, mm. and then of course in, in the, the the autumn there will be the game, different kind of reindeer, deer, elk, and uh, and then we start with the Christmas dishes in 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 uh, November. I love it. So well, we basically, it. whatever's mm-hmm. fresh, whatever whatever's around, whatever you can you can access seasonally. Yeah, it is, and, and, and we try to f- follow the year. So, so, um, so, so, so people they know when they have guests from abroad, they know to take now. Today the restaurant is fully booked, and tomorrow is full. Almost every day is fully booked, and just now they come to eat the, the cod. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, in Christmas time, they eat Christmas in summer, and we sell a lot of whale. It's, uh, it's uh, we we have the the mink whale. Mm-hmm. And because we 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 buy all the whales for for science, so they shoot like I think it's like fifty whales for for science, mm-hmm. and we get the meat, and then we serve it like a beef. It's, it's fantastic. And we thought when when we have whale on the menu, you know, because there is part of the world that doesn't like us to hunt the whale, and uh, Americans, of course, and and I always tell the waiters if if somebody see a comes into a restaurant and see we have whale on the menu, somebody maybe leave. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so so don't don't be don't be afraid of that. But mostly people buying the whale is 
Americans, Australians, <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> of course, English people. So, so the, the people we didn't think will buy the whale is actually buying the whale. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a very good meat. Right. Right. Yeah, that's I mean, I'd imagine that's a really with the regulations and everything in place today, that's something that is hard to source. Like you said, you you get the ones for uh for science and are able to use the meat and uh mm. and so that's that's great. I I'm sure it's a very yeah. unique experience. That is because it's like a steak. It tastes actually like a meat steak. And mm-hmm. we grill it like medium to so medium to rare grill them and and and, and serve it with the with a traditional way with some uh, roasted onions and uh, yeah different kinds of sauces. So it's uh, it's, uh, it's 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 a very good meat. And the, the Japanese are very they like it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Yeah, they do. Um, that's yeah. something that I I definitely know a little bit about with uh, with Japanese culture and cuisine that they yeah, can exactly. go crazy for that. Mm. So, so it's a, it's a, we, we always try to, to to on the menu have the Norwegian things. We we because now now in this time of year we we are winterland, so we don't have any fresh vegetables and things. But well, when the Norwegian vegetables comes, we we we, we use them. And mm-hmm. of course, we have a very special potatoes coming from from the north of Norway. It's called gulleye, and it's a it's a slow. Um, Processed potatoes, so they they harvest in, in in September because it's quite cold up there. So so, but the, the potatoes is tasting the most fantastic potatoes in the world. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, from my meaning, but uh, so we we always use try to find small producers in Norway, small producers of of vegetables, of everything, of meat. We almost know everyone we buy things from. Yeah, I'd imagine that is. As a restaurant, that's always a nice uh, feeling to know that you you're supporting local, you're supporting smaller farms, and and yeah. that you can actually put a name and a face with all of the ingredients that are are leaving your your kitchen. Yeah, so the the, the people we buy the fish from on on the 16th of of, uh, of Mars, I'm going out up to the north and fish with them for two days. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, so they invite me for fishing the codfish for two days up there. So, uh, and the man who we buy is eighty-six years old, and he's a fantastic man. He knows he knows his fish. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, when did you take over uh, the cafe? Yeah, two thousand and six. I bought the cafe, and it was uh, it was like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> because it was it was very very bad uh, management for many many years. It was they were only, they was only out for the money and and, um, and so it was quite empty when I took it over. And but now we have uh, increased every year since and now it's fully booked all all year every almost every day. So yeah, that's it's, incredible. It's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been a fantastic. We we, we bought we took back the the history of uh, Oslo and the art history of the restaurant. We have if you go like around the restaurant now, you feel like you're going to a museum. Mm-hmm. Everything that's on the walls, wherever you are in each rooms, everything has a story. It's a story either about Norway or about Oslo or about north of Norway, and it's a lot of artists and a lot of uh, paintings and and everything original. So it's. Uh, quite amazing yeah that's incredible um you know speaking of stories with a a restaurant 
that has been open for so long has such a deep history in in Oslo. Are there any stories or legends that have been handed down through the generations that that you've kind of inherited as an owner? Yes, if, if, if you know Edvard Munch, the painter, the painter the scream is uh, is along the, the it's one of the most famous in, in, in actually in the world for 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 for, for painting, and, and he was a regular guest here, and he was a kind of a, he it was a nice guest when he was sober, and it was a terrible guest when he was drunk, <laughs> and in his parody he has a lot of time then he was always drunk so so actually we have a letter from him hanging in the restaurant after he was thrown out of the restaurant so and uh, and he wrote a long letter and uh, he didn't take any blame of it he didn't he, he accused all the other ones for 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 for, for the mistakes and uh, but he afterwards he was a good guest uh, afterwards so so it's been a lot of artists going here Mostly Norwegian, of course, and, and uh, I don't know if you heard about Edvard Grieg, the composer. And he had his uh, last party here in 1906. He died in 1907. It was the last time he gathered his Oslo friends was in the second floor at the restaurant. And and he also bought a piano to the restaurant because he liked to entertain his guests when they was here. So and then we still have the piano. The one that he play. brought in. Yes. That's incredible. So yeah, there's a lot of because a lot of musicians from around the world they they, they know Greg, they know his music, and, and and a lot of them is coming up here just to play the piano, and that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, I bet that's a good treat. Yeah, we have Ibsen, if you know him. Also, um, we wrote a lot of of uh, script plays at the theaters, and then uh, Dollhouse, and. Uh, and a lot of things. And he had his, his uh, own table upstairs. It's only a table for two because uh, he meant you should always be two at the table, not three, because if you're two, you just have to speak to each other. And he had to sit by the window because he was chewing tobacco. Mm-hmm. So he had to spit out. So this was in, in the in the late uh, late uh, 1800s and early 1900s. And uh, they always said that uh, the guests outside, they say, if you saw Ibsen at Engelbert in the second floor, you never walk under the window because he will spit. <laughs> <laughs> he chews tobacco. So it's a pleasant surprise there. Uh, <laughs> yes. You could have a lot of surprises in your head if you walk yeah. under. <laughs> so it's been, uh, and it still are uh, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, actors and, uh, and painters and writers going here, still sitting here, writes. And uh, also, we had the, the, the Crown Princess of Norway, Mette Marit. She used to work here in, 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 in the 1993, I think it was. She worked here for a year. So uh, I always tell my girls working here if you, if you do your job right, you can be a princess. Yeah, that's not a bad thing to aspire to, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a lot of artists and still going here, and that's very good because it's it keep the history at the at the restaurant alive. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it it's one thing I love when I'm interviewing restaurants like this that have been around for so long. It's just the the rich history, you know. And and you mentioned the piano, and just to mm-hmm. to imagine 
who has played that piano over the years. And even with something as simple as a piano, the stories that that piano could tell. And I'd imagine you could point to several other items in the restaurant like that. And just say, if, if only they could talk and if only they could tell us their story. Mm, Yeah. Uh, And it's uh, because if you go, uh, and it's always smart if you, if you visit us, uh, just let me know before that I will take a walk around with the guests. I always do that. And I'll tell them a little bit about the, the, we have a very big sculpture park. It's made of a man called Mr. Vigilam, and and it's in the middle of Oslo. And uh, and very, but there's very few drawings of Mr. Vigilam that's not in his museum. But we have three here, so, so and originals from him. So so, it's a, so there's a lot of things, small things, sculptures that we bought, and, and, and still buying a lot of things. And we try to 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 find things that has a history with the restaurant and has a history with the guests at the restaurant. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, with a restaurant that's been around since 1857, how have things changed with the food from when they first opened to where you're at today? In, in, in the first year, it was like a very, very traditional cuisine. It was... Um, because in Norway, you know, at that time, it was a very, very poor country. Mm-hmm. We, we get rich when you find the oil mm-hmm. <laughs> from somebody. I meant to spoil the country then. But but um, but uh, the, the the food they served was like um, a lot of uh, stews, different kinds of stews, mm-hmm. and uh, fish cakes, meat cakes, uh, puddings, and uh, and we still have one of the items on the menu for lunch. It's called. It's a meat cake called in Norwegian. We call it carbonada, and uh, with with with, um, with the onions and uh, with, and uh, with that we still do at the same recipe that has been since 1857. Oh, really? So because it's, it was actually the, the 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 sister of the man who started the restaurant. She was in the kitchen, and she was very very famous for her food at that time. And and uh, she was a smart woman because she she did write down everything she did. So we do the fish soup at the same same recipe as her, and we do the meat cakes at the same recipe. Oh, I'm still great. doing serving you for lunch every day. <laughs> that's good to have someone in the past that was writing things down, right? Yes, it's always good to have someone in the past that writes. Yes. Now, do you still have the original recipe that she wrote out on the original paper, or is it just you know? It's been copied and transcribed from years to years. It's been copied, yes, yeah. Okay. Because I find I found them in, in at the at the, uh, the Norwegian Library. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's called the library or but uh, the archive archive in, in Oslo, okay. Oslo Commune's archive, and then that's where I found them. So I have a, a copy of them. Okay. So are those recipes then that anyone could find by going to those archives? No, or have, I don't... You, have you snatched yeah, them up? Yeah, probably if you go up to the archives, you will find them. Okay. So, uh, so you have to be really yeah. determined. Yes, and you have to know the names. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she called Ingrid. Okay. That was her name. Mm. Now, with restaurants that I've interviewed in the past um, that have been around for so long, they can generally point, and it's a question I love to ask, they can generally point to a moment or a period in history where they experienced some luck that has helped them to continue to have some longevity. 
because in today's world, you know, a restaurant might open and they're lucky to make it a year before they have to close. And so it's rare Mm -hmm. to find a restaurant like Engelbrecht Cafe where it's just been open for decades and decades. And, you know, since 1857, it's, it's very rare. Is there anything that stands out in the history where you could say that was a turning point? That's where we've been able to stick around for so long. Yeah. I think, I think one of the reasons is that we, we always stick to the Norwegian, uh, Norwegian um, cuisine. And we always uh, not try to be, just the same as uh, the, all the other restaurants, because in, in uh, I think even 1970s and, and uh, when the burgers and uh, everything comes and people say, oh, you have to serve that kind of food or Italian food or so, but they, they always stick to the Norwegian cuisine. Because if you have started to to, to mix with everything, you just be a normal restaurant as everyone else. So you have to have your identity, and, and I think the identity is very 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 important, and that. That's the reason we also get the people, the guests to come, because we have, of course, a lot of artists, a lot of finance, a lot of uh, journalists, a lot of uh, politicians, and a lot, a lot of ordinary Norwegians, and that's the best thing, mm-hmm. because then you then you can stick for 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 keep the restaurant forever. If you just try to be fashion, just try to be as, as, as good as everyone else and do the same food as everyone else, you, you will you lose your identity. And and that's not because you have you have to have a reason of going somewhere. If you if you if you don't know what we're doing, you don't have a reason to go there. So that's why we fooled this book tonight. Because now they know we have the cod, and the book for Christmas because they know we have the lutefisk and they know we have the pinnacle. Then then they always know we we will do that. And people are booking a lot of tables in May because they know the whale season starts then. So. So I think it's, it's uh, we've always done the things on 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 the, on the regular basis with the, with the Norwegian food. Right. No, I love that. I I've seen restaurants here locally that have closed. Uh, that you could almost point to to their history and say, yeah, that was the turning point for them where they closed, and that was when they started to try and be like everyone else. And so yeah. I I really enjoy what you're saying there with. Um, having that authenticity and and staying true to your roots. And it sounds like from what you've been saying, you know, when you took over the restaurant in 2006, uh, that the previous owners had kind of just lost that vision and driven it into the ground. And you brought it back to its roots. You brought it back to what it was. Yeah, because they started at that time in, in, in in the late of the 1990s. To to serve like pizzas, they they try to they try to be the same, serve the same thing that everyone else did, and then you just be a bad copy of everyone else. So and the first thing I did when was to get the arts on the wall, to get the Norwegian things, and and to to to, to really work with the Norwegian kitchen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, and we also had a large, huge problem at the restaurant in in 1940 to 1945. Because uh, the Germans took over the restaurant during the war, and mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and uh, the, the restaurant was, in some points in in, in Oslo, they thought it was like a little bit too much uh, German restaurant, and and, uh, and people was uh, boycotting the restaurant for many many years afterwards. Mm-hmm. 
so so at that time the the man who runs it he he went bankrupt and and so they was actually planning to 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 take away the restaurant and build a new house but fortunately somebody Clark, had had their mind to stop it so we're still here so right. but, uh, that was <laughs> after the war it was uh, i think it was a tough time here yeah for sure and so mm. going back to that i mean um after the war had ended did it still kind of was it still remaining a lot of a a german restaurant then and that's why it was being boycotted no, or was it just because no, because the germans because had taken was, over they they yeah. were boycotting yeah mostly the, that the germans take over and and the, and the germans the Norwegian that supported the Germans was at the restaurant at that time, and, and it was a lot of, uh, you know, was, people was angry, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you can understand that, and and, and uh, of course, and, uh, but the, it, at that time they served a lot of of, of, of German food, and uh, so it it, uh, it was almost that the restaurant was actually taken away, so so but it. Somebody stopped it, so that's good for for the next generations. How long would you that, say that, it took to get uh, back to normal, as far as that goes, where people oh, were trusting the restaurant again read, like, and a, visiting again? Yeah, I think it's in the, actually in the, in the late fifties, people started to use it as a normal restaurant again. Mm-hmm. So at that time, you know, from nineteen forty five to I think to nineteen fifty two, fifty three, to just to use the, the the down part of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, but uh, hopefully now everyone has forget it. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and you know, any anytime you look at the history of any place, it, it, you're gonna have you're gonna have your your bright times. You're gonna have your dark times. And I think what mm-hmm. again, what makes a, a place like Engelbert special is to see how you kind of persevere through those challenging times, through those hard times, and you continue to build it into something that it is today. Yes, uh, because we've always been been thinking about when we do things at the restaurant. Because when I took over the restaurant in 2006, the restaurant was quite... Uh, it was not. It was not looking nice. It was uh, what you call it tired, and and the first and and where the staff changing rooms, there there was awful. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. So the first thing I did was to to rebuild all the staff rooms, uh, clothing rooms for 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 changing for the staff, and people thought I was crazy. Why do you do that first? I said, you can never you can never have a person going to a room and change the clothes in a room that's rotten and mm-hmm. go out to give good service. And I think was, that was the smartest thing I ever done. Taking care of the, the staff, have the nice things first, and then we did everything else. And we do we, we rebuild it, not rebuild it, but we, we we when we painted a wall, we always think how was it in 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 in, in nineteen ten. We're mm-hmm. taking every back everything in in, in in the restaurant back to 1910. That was, I think, it was the the, the the finest part of the restaurant. Yeah, and we do the colors. We do is the same as in 1910 when we when we build something, we build it back to 1910. So why 1910? What what stands out about because 1910? A, yeah, because it was a little fire here in in in, in 1907, and then they after the fire they they 
the 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 restore the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big fire, but a small fire. And and but they did it very very nice at that time. And mm-hmm. they used the Danish uh, carpenters to to rebuild the restaurant. And we still use Danish carpenters now when we do things to find the the, the, the because they, you know Oslo was at that time. Uh, uh, has been for 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 Danish government for many many years, or Swedish government for many many years. Mm-hmm. So, so it's uh, yeah. Well, that's great. That's uh, that's interesting. Um, so slowly, piece by piece, over the years, you've been slowly getting it back to that the the glory of nineteen ten. Yeah, because you have to find one thing. Uh, because if you, you you can't do do from 1857 or, or just uh, from the 1970s, or you have to find one spot to say, okay, we make it 1910. So we decided right. so everything we do, we will take it back to 1910. Right. And I, I love what you're saying about you know when you took over, the first change you made was to take care of the staff, and I. I can't say that enough when, when you're, when your staff's happy right there, you're already have dramatically improved everyone's experience that comes through the, the restaurant. Right. And, and then from there you can, you can expand, you can work on the menu, you can work on the decor, you can work, but yes. there's no replacing, you know, a happy, helpful, good staff. People feel that. No, that, oh, that's true. Yeah, we are we are in the people of the industry. So so and and and, uh, and I have a lot of staff have been here for ten years or for eight or seven years, and that's very unnormal in, in the restaurant business because we we always taking good care of the staff. Mm-hmm. We pay them more than other restaurants, and we have good facilities for 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 the staff. And and so so when I first time went here in late in 2005, and just I saw the staff room, I was terrified. I was. <laughs> I thought, oh shit, that cannot be true because it was so. As I thought, if you go in there and have to change and everything, and and, and so you're going out to 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 the restaurant and try to get good service, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So so it's uh, and uh, we always like um, like to 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 do things with the staff. We said uh, our our, our um, revenue, ten uh, percent of what we have in 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 uh, in. Uh, I don't know the English well, but we use ten percent of of the profit mm-hmm. on the staff every year. So we we take them on tours. We've been to France, London. We visit the oldest restaurant in in London, the Rules. Mm-hmm. So fantastic for the staff. And so we and we also we have been taking the fishing tour of the north. We have so every year we have a big tour with the staff. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, and actually, it's a, it's a very good investment. Yeah, now, I love how you put that. It's a good investment, and uh, and that's why you have people stick around for so long. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, because it's uh, also it's not hard to get job in, in restaurants in Oslo, but it's hard to get job here. Mm-hmm. So if I am if I'm coming to Norway, if I'm coming to Oslo, what can mm-hmm. I expect from a visit today? What would my experience be like when I walked through the doors and, and enjoyed a meal in Gabret today? Yeah. First thing I, I think you will, will, will notice, you will go back in time. You will feel it once you come come into the restaurant. You, you feel you're back in time. 
the restaurant is old and, and it looks old, but it's fresh, but it looks very old. And mm-hmm. of course, if you are if you are interested in culture, in different kinds of culture, there's a lot of things to see. You can mm-hmm. just walk around, and a lot of people doing that for lunch. They 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 have a lunch and then they just walk around to see the paintings, the sculptures. Uh, uh, you have a lot of original uh, paintings hanging around. The restaurant from Christian Krog, one of the famous painters, and different kinds of Norwegian painters. And you, you um, we don't play music. We, uh, if you have music, we only have classic music, and we only play Norwegian classic music. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you will feel the it's not stressed, and it's uh, the the walls are and so there's a lot of things on the walls everywhere where you are. You have these art shields. Because it's an old artist order from 1874, and you get your your own shield for your work from Norwegian art. So it's every fifth year, and we're still mm-hmm. doing that. So, and we still work with Norwegian artists, young artists. We have a, a scholarship, but for the restaurant, so we give mm-hmm. to a young artist every year, give thirty thousand Norwegian crowns to a young, a young artists, and we it can be a ballet dancer or comp, a musician or. A, actor or whatever but only for young people because i think uh, people young people that go into the to the art industry or the art work is is very brave right the, most of them they will never earn money they will they will they will struggle to 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 to, to earn money and and if we can do something to help so of course we do yeah, there's that stereotype. Every year in October, we, we, artist, we, we right? give the, Yeah, so every October we give, we have a big dinner and uh, and we announce the the winner of the Engelbert Art Scholarship. That's great, and that's very good for the staff because they like it as well. So one of the staff is always giving it out. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a good good thing to do. Yeah, that's fun. Get everyone involved. Mm. <laughs> So how can people find out more about Angebrecht Cafe? Are you on social media, just the website? Yeah, we are on Facebook, I think. Okay. <laughs> we are not so good at the social media, but we are on Facebook. I think we have an Instagram as well. And, uh, of course, our website is... is we, we have a little, little bit of history in English as well there. So, But uh, I will recommend people to, when they are in Oslo, come and visit us and let us know that you heard your podcast podcast and then we will take you to a guided tour around the restaurant yeah that'd be great that would be awesome um i'll definitely make sure that you know when that that we link to the website and social media and and do what we can to get the word out there yeah if people just say they listen to your podcast and then and, and, uh, and write us a mail and we will take care of them and we will show them around tell more about the history so that's great that would be nice mm-hmm. That's great. I appreciate that. Um, well, Kay, thank you so much for your time today. I, I really appreciated the chat. I definitely learned a lot about the history of Engelbrecht Cafe and uh, and also of Norway and Norwegian cuisine. So thank you so much. Just a pleasure. All right, special thanks to Kay for coming on the show and uh, super appreciative of, of his time and, and his ability to come on and share the story about about Engelbrecht Cafe uh, and 
definitely some of the the hardships that they've gone through, you know, fire in 1907, uh, occupation during World War II where German soldiers took it over, and then people boycotting it and recovering from that. And I love how I love how he has slowly but surely been restoring it back to the glory days back in 1910. And I love the focus that he's brought back to the restaurant and the focus that he has on the experience both for his staff but also for people that come through and and experience some of that Norwegian cuisine uh, doing what he can to take it back to his roots, take it back to authentic Norway. And I just, I, I can't get over that enough. You know, in, in the restaurant world today, particularly here in the States, uh, employees in the restaurant business, they're almost treated as completely expendable. And it's hard to take care of them. It's hard to pay them enough because it's all about being cheap. It's all about, um, you know, having good margins and the employee is the last person they tend to take care of in those businesses. And the restaurants in the States that do take care of their employees are able to produce just this really solid customer service experience. And I think that helps draw more people into their restaurants than anything else you can do. If you treat your employees right, they're going to turn around and treat your customers right. And if they're treating the customers right, well, that's going to cause your business to grow. And so, you know, I, I love what Kay said there where people were saying, why are you going to, why are you going to change up the locker rooms where the staff's going to change? What are you going to, and no, I'm investing in the people. If I invest in my people, then they'll turn around and, and be their best self and super helpful and smile and 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 bring in a lot of good business. So I uh, loved hearing Kay's perspective, loved hearing about Norway and super hungry. I uh, definitely want some cod now. So can't thank Kay enough. Again, if you like what you heard, make sure you give us a five-star review. Tell a friend. It's really going to help. You can find out more about Toasty Kettle at ToastyKettle.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at ToastyKettle. So come hang out, ask some questions, and have some fun. Until next week.